0: Welcome to the Veterinary Pulse Podcast. My name is Jordan Ben-Shia. I'm the Executive Director of the VIN Foundation. Veterinary Pulse is the heartbeat of the profession. Join us as we talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics from student debt to mental health and share stories. Stories connect us as humans, as animals, as a veterinary community. This podcast is made possible through individual donors like yourself and our technology partnership with VIN, the Veterinary Information Network. Thank you for being here. This episode, we're having a discussion with Sherry Shi, a third year veterinary student at UC Davis. Sherry shares with us her detailed approach to saving money while in veterinary school. Be sure to check the episode notes for a link to her blog post. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sherry. Thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: How were you first introduced to the VIN Foundation?
1: Um, I was introduced through VIN itself um, with the summer internship, or are we calling it a VIN internship that uh, Vin did for veterinary students this summer. I knew about Vin since I was a first-year vet student, but I wasn't introduced to Vin Foundation until this past summer and know the difference about them now.
0: Yeah, we've mentioned this on a couple of different episodes, but uh, Vin did a great um, job this summer with helping uh, students whose plans had gotten sort of Derailed due to COVID and the pandemic, and created a lot of internships for a bunch of different VIN students. And the VIN Foundation has been fortunate to work with a few different students. And so we're—it's been really exciting getting that hands-on experience. And Sherry was one of those students. So we've been thrilled to work with you as well. When did you first realize you wanted to be a veterinarian? Was there an aha moment? Was it gradual? How did it how did it come to be for you? There wasn't
1: really a aha moment per se, is always something I've been interested in since, I don't know, very young, elementary school, maybe. Uh, but I didn't really know kind of what it actually entails until high school when I was starting to think about my career choices to apply to a relevant college. Uh, I tried to shadow at a few vet but were rejected because I was not 18. And so I ended up doing more um, adoption and nonprofit agencies, such as Cats in Need, that is often in um, smart, And just kind of talking to people to see what um, the education requirements and time it would take, cost it would be and what kind of colleges I would apply to, to get there. And after some research and looking into other careers, I just kind of decided I should make a decision since um, I would need to prep for any sort of vocational school so early on, essentially in high school that it seems inefficient to me to just, to not have a plan. that would um take more time down the road so I just kind of went with what I was most interested in out of other all my career options and that it
0: is you recently wrote a blog post for the Vin Foundation website about saving money while in veterinary school have you always been inclined to save to focus on saving
1: Yes, I have actually, my mom is very into saving and repurposing things and thrifting. And I just kind of grew up around that environment of how could I (laughs) kind of get what I want without spending too much for it. And just like creative things like making things yourself or um, knowing where to shop, comparing prices, counting your price down to the the numbers count like if a five rolls of toilet paper is ten dollars I would count how much it is for each roll of toilet paper when comparing which one to buy.
0: That's a very good tip actually that um I learned from somebody is when in you can do it also when you're shopping on Amazon or when you're in the grocery store. A lot of people don't even know that in that tag right there where the where the price is that it will sometimes tell you the price per unit.
1: Yeah, Amazon, I think, has been doing it for a while, and um, I really like it because I don't need to do the math myself.
0: So it makes it easier for you to save. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did finances play a role in your veterinary school application process?
1: It did. Um, I know going to a public school is going to be the cheapest, but um, Davis was also the hardest school to get into, so... I tried very hard to make myself competitive in order to go to the cheapest school it would be for me. Um, though I did, of course, consider private um, at schools and out of state, though my, my first choice has always kind of been Davis, both because it's a great school and it is going to be the cheapest for me.
0: So you were a California resident when you applied? Yes. Would you mind sharing with us sort of a few of your tips and how you go about managing your living expenses while being in veterinary school?
1: Yeah, I think probably the um, main thing is to know what you're spending on, because that's kind of the starting point before you can even start saving is to know what where your money is going. So I like to keep a chart of everything I spent money on in a month. Just an Excel sheet doesn't have to be anything elaborate. I don't really use any external apps either. Um, I just write down everything I spent money on, what it's for, how much it is. And I kind of analyze my own spending patterns over time to see where I could potentially save on. And for me, the biggest category is food, uh, which can often be the highest expense for students and I guess everyone after rent. So I like to food prep and I like to cook all my own food because eating out is expensive and I think frozen food tastes horrible. And cooking yourself really is a lot cheaper than both of the other two options. So I like to plan out my meals, go grocery shopping, and shop for only the things that I have planned for, which I also plan for desserts and drinks and um, other indulgent food when I plan my meals. And then cook all of it, and then I don't have to worry about it for a week.
0: One thing that you mentioned in your blog post, which I thought was a very good idea was, you know, they always say don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry (laughs) because you're going to buy things that you probably shouldn't be buying. But one thing that you mentioned in your blog post, which I think speaks to that and sort of set yourself up for success with that is to buy things that you know you're going to want to snack on. So if it's chocolate or something else that you know that you might want to indulge in, it might stop you from Going out to purchase that later and sort of having an a impulse snack buy.
1: Yeah, I actually started doing that because I used to not include snacks into my meal plans, and I would just end up being very hungry after school and buying things. And um when I did my my calculations at the end of the month, it actually came out to be almost as much as my groceries itself. So I was like, okay, I need a different solution for this.
0: Just your, for the moment, snack purchases? Yeah.
1: Like a a boba or drink would be $5 and like a slice of cake is almost $5 too. And my groceries without um, ingredients for snacking comes out to like $20, $25 every week or two weeks. So just four drinks of boba would exceed that. So it's like, okay, I need to increase my total grocery budget but decrease the amount of spur of the moment snacking. And that would lead to a total lower cost for my food spending.
0: Wow, that's really impressive. Uh, We will definitely link to the blog post in our episode notes. Can you give us an example of sort of what a week of food might look like for you? I mean, somebody hearing you say that you spend 20 to $25 a week on food, their mouth might hit the floor because that could easily be one meal for somebody eating out.
1: Yeah, so um, in the blog post, I actually do have a chart of one week of my meals that was like two weeks ago when when I wrote this. Um, so for breakfast, I would have hash brown, eggs, bacon, almond milk. I don't tend to drink coffee not much of a coffee person, but I do drink a lot of oba. Um, for lunch, I had a black bean and cheese salad and I ate the leftovers of the previous two meals for dinner. And my snack for the day was a mango smoothie, which was actually the highest cost of all the ingredients for that day. It's black, black beans are about a dollar a can that you can make an entire salad that will last me at least two days and potato is very cheap too it's like five pounds for three dollars eggs about a dollar and a half for 12. almond milk depending on where your shop can be between one to three dollars but the mango that i used for the mango smoothie was seven dollars for a look oh, at how big the bag was. For the entire bag, which I know will make into multiple smoothies, but that was still kind of the big spending for that meal. And um, I just make a ridiculous amount of this. I use like the entire five pound of potatoes and then I just eat the same thing for the next two days. Though so I did prepare chips and dip and a restaurant berry soda as my snack for the next two days. And then on Thursday, because I started on Monday, um, I made pancakes, and fresh strawberry syrup, as in like I boil the strawberry in sugar for the syrup, a green goddess salad, bacon wrapped asparagus from the leftover bacon, easy over eggs, and more pancakes, which I ate for the next two days. And then the last thing for that week is um, Japanese curry, which I make from the concentrate chunks that I buy from Amazon. And Japanese curry typically lasts me almost an entire week, so I have not cooked in a while. And um, for snacks, I had boba, which I buy the dry boba from Amazon. It was about seven dollars and it made me definitely more than seven cups. so is boba comes out to be about a dollar per cup. Um, yeah, and all my ingredients for all of this. That lasts me about two weeks. Comes out to, um, I think about thirty, because there are cans that I bought in the same trip that I didn't use in the week, the in the two week prep that I have here.
0: Do you find that there are times when you know, due to your schedule, something shifts, something changes, and you don't have a meal planned? Do you find that or do you find that just because you've planned everything out, you always have something with you and therefore you don't fall into that, I need to buy something to go trap?
1: Yeah, I don't tend to fall into that situation since I tend to meal prep on the weekends in the middle of the week. If um, I know I'm going to be busy that week, I might prep more on the weekends and not have any prepping during the end, during the middle of the week and sometimes if it's lecture heavy i don't go to class i listen to it while i prep my meals at home are you
0: as careful with other categories other living expenses categories as you are with food or are there some areas in which you find yourself not as disciplined in
1: um i would say my worst category is transportation i know biking would lower my transportation costs by quite a bit because I would not need to pay for a parking permit or gas or car maintenance or, yeah. But um, it's very difficult for me to get to class on time, even with a car. And with a bike, I just never get there sometimes. I either walk outside and give up and don't go to class, or I actually get to class and I fall asleep because I'm so tired from biking to class. So
0: um, I, I thought that very... was supposed to get you energy, not not make you more tired.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just very bad at biking. Like, the car ride is about six minutes, and it takes me at least 30 minutes to get there. And I still need to lock up the bike, walk into class, and I'm just very tired.
0: So transportation's one area. H- how about the other areas and the other categories that you focus on that you try to save money in? Um.
1: The next category that I kind of focus on would be entertainment, which is basically everything that's not a necessity that I buy. So like clothes, because like I, I don't actually need more clothes, I just would like more, or clothes for my cat, collars for her, cute carriers um games gaming consoles things like that because it becomes the next biggest spending if i don't uh track it carefully i kind of like to make sure i only spend things for fun that i make during that month as an income but i like to have a part-time job while i'm in school and I try very hard to keep my extravagant spendings within my income for that month so I don't actually have a deficit from spending on things that I don't need to.
0: So you sort of look at it as any additional income, your part-time job income, that is that is the income that you use for this entertainment category? Yes. So Uh, for instance, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead.
1: Oh, Um, so if I, but if I have leftovers from my budget because I was able to save quite a bit that month, I also add that into my entertainment budget. So basically um, I set a budget for myself every month. And if I exceed that, I need to spend less and i would need to pay it with my income from the next month but if i'm below it then that extra money goes into my for fun budget
0: and so how do you when you if we if we look at veterinary do you have veterinary school student loans i do not actually okay so that that's it so that's a big factor there that you don't have to think about yes got it okay So how, so how has COVID impacted your spending habits?
1: It has not really impacted me. Um, I need to drive places a lot less now. So it's actually helping my gas budget by not requiring me to go to class. Um, Food wise, I, I buy a, I buy enough groceries to last me two weeks normally anyway. So the stay at home order and the discouraging you to buy groceries very often doesn't really impact me either. Um, I would say probably the biggest impact is I buy a lot more things online and I sometimes fall into a trap of buying things I don't necessarily need online because I just like an online shopping spree on Amazon which is not great for my budget. Are you
0: able to continue your part-time job during COVID?
1: Um, so I, I used to, well, before COVID, I normally do pet sitting and house sitting, um, which I'm not able to do mostly because people don't need pet and house sitting as much. And my regular clients haven't really needed me to walk their dogs either. Uh, But I am continuing my job with BIN, so that is currently my income.
0: It seems that saving for you is almost a bit of a hobby. Would you say that that's the case?
1: I think so, yeah, actually. It's not the saving part that's the fun part, but it's the being able to buy whatever I want part that is the fun part and I don't mind putting in the work to be able to buy very extraneous things like a wax seal that I recently bought because I want to write letters to my friends. (laughs) It's completely extraneous and I would need to buy um, the wax for the wax seal because you can't use candle wax apparently, and just things like that that it's nice to have. It's completely unnecessary, but I can afford it because I put in the effort to save that money
0: and do you sort of um do you try to save like you've mentioned that you have like every month you have this like this sort of fun budget from your work from your job and then that goes to these extraneous things do you try to save a certain amount per year or is it just on a month by month basis it just goes in and out and you deal with that per month
1: I do set aside a small part of my income per month as savings and as an emergency fund for if my cat has an emergency or I have an emergency that just stays in my savings. And um, I do that on a monthly basis and end up with a goal for the end of the year. And if there's something that is more expensive that I know I want to buy, then I would start setting aside money monthly for it a few months before, depending on what the cost is. Um, An example would be, I wanted to move to a one bedroom and not have housemates because my cat is a tripod and she is very terrified of any and every dog there could be in the same house. So I know that I would very much like to move to a bigger place and I calculated how much more that would cost and I started setting aside money for it last year in order to be afford the higher rent starting this year.
0: So are you now in a one bedroom?
1: Yes, I am. congratulations (laughs)
0: congratulations
1: <laughs> thank you my cat appreciates it
0: very much and that's a wonderful example of how it almost seems that you make you know almost a little game of how you can save so that you can save to then afford the things that you want to have in your life that you otherwise wouldn't be able to and that you're willing to sacrifice some things that others might not be able to like. Some people might not like leftovers, and I'm the same way as you. I don't mind I eating the same thing multiple days in a row. <laughs> I kind of create a, I kind of do a meal prep to an extent, and I just make a batch of stuff, and then I'm fine doing that. So I can understand that. But I do know that there's people that are not okay eating leftovers, or would prefer not to, um, or are fine with the frozen meals, and so everybody has their preference. But I think it's, um, I think it's awesome how you've created this, this game of how you can take something from one area and put it into a different category and how it can benefit you for your preference.
1: Yeah and I think that's really what drives me to save and really think about all the costs that I'm paying each month.
0: Yeah and a lot of people I think that they that's sort of a an exercise that they go through with student loans and while you don't have student loans, you're still being extremely careful and cautious with the money that you have so that it allows you to go further. What advice would you give to other veterinary students who are struggling to stay within a budget? I mean, veterinary school is challenging and it's stressful and there's a lot of moving parts. And sometimes it can be hard to make sure that is on point when you're trying to manage and schedule everything else. Would you have any tips or suggestions?
1: I would say be nice to yourself and don't beat yourself up if you don't meet your budget. Um, Budgeting takes practice, it takes time. And um, I think if people try to change too many things at once and maybe set a very ambitious budget for themselves to begin with, it can become very frustrating and um, not makes it very hard for for you to meet that budget you set for yourself. So if if you're not used to budgeting, then I think just starting with knowing how much you're spending and then set a budget for yourself that's just a little bit below what your current spending is and then start thinking about where you can take that money from before having a, okay, this is what I'm going to live on and I can't exceed it ever because it's very. it'll be very hard to change your lifestyle that abruptly to be able to meet a budget that is very different from what you currently have.
0: So maybe starting with one of the two or the two of the categories that you mentioned in the blog post, such as like, you know, transportation or food or um, starting with one of those and making little shifts and bit by bit, seeing if you're able to adjust from there.
1: Yeah, definitely start with one or two that you think you are able to accomplish and try it out, see if it works. And if it does great, you can try out a different thing. And if not, then, think of a different idea but that you want to try and see if that works. It it comes down to a lot of trial and error I think and um so like don't be afraid to experiment but also don't beat yourself up if it doesn't work.
0: So we've talked a lot about your saving tendencies and using and how it's um, a hobby for you. W- in terms of veterinary school, what are some of your favorite aspects of veterinary school? You're a third year now. You're you know we're in this sort of unprecedented time. How are you finding joy in the midst of this in the midst of this veterinary school year and and what areas of the of veterinary school are you enjoying?
1: um I think I think I can say that now as a third year, but I like to kind of see my goals slowly become realized um first starting veterinary school, I'm like, oh, there's so much information. I don't know if I'll be able to learn all of this in four years. And it's, it's quite overwhelming and stressful sometimes wondering if I'll be able to do it. But starting third year and just kind of comparing what I knew two years ago to now, I can definitely say that I know a lot more now than I do then. And appreciate that I have gotten somewhere is nice. Um, and that if I was able to do this in two years, then in another two years I will hopefully be able to be an actual doctor. Um, another aspect I really like is just kind of the community and camaraderie that I have, everyone has with their their class. Um, It's just like, uh, this is such a high stress environment, but everyone in it is understanding and supportive. And it's just very nice to be around others that are um, supported and understands what you're going through.
0: Wonderful. Uh, One question I like to ask everybody as we sort of wind down each episode is, do you have a secret talent? And if it's not a talent, something that you like or enjoy doing that others might not know about you, I mean, I suppose we could say people might not know how much you enjoy saving money, but is there, is there another talent besides that? Um, and maybe that's the one. I mean, maybe we've just revealed this whole talent for you in a blog post and a podcast episode, but <laughs> I'd love to hear if there's a secret talent that you'd like to share.
1: Um... I like to sew clothes a lot. Um, I like to make Victorian inspired clothing that's like very frilly, poofy. And um, because of that, I am also really into cosplay, which is you dress up as a cartoon or anime character, the whole wigs and makeup and costume and going to conventions, all that.
0: Wow. And that's probably shifted a lot because of COVID. Are you still able to connect with that community?
1: Um, Definitely no conventions. And I don't foresee any conventions for a while either. I've just been home and working on my costumes at like 300 miles an hour. I have enough costumes to wear to wear a different one to four days of con for like the next three years at this point. But <laughs> And that would all be part of your entertainment budget, right?
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so we have pink outfits for the cats, yeah. cat, and then we have and then costume sewing.
1: Yes. I actually make quite a few of her of my cats outfits too, so it's it's kind of the same budget because I buy the same fabric and then I make us out, matching outfits.
0: That's adorable. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Sherry. It's always great to get insight on, um, you know, how people manage their finances. And I think you've taken a really innovative approach and you've taken something that can be really stressful and scary and uncertain for a lot of people. And you've kind of turned it into a fun game and you've inspired me to look at mine in different ways. And I I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this will be helpful for some people and not just me rambling on here but
0: (laughs) I'm sure it'll be helpful for others as well thanks very much for joining us (laughs) thank you for joining us for this episode of the veterinary pulse please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please follow subscribe and share review we welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again you can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.